Hey guys, before we get started with all the craziness, I want to let you know about our meet and greet. We are coming out to you live on August 27th at 6.30 at the Keto's Dockside in Eustace. Um, come and join us for some wings, for some craziness, and for some fantasy football. Welcome to Sandlot Sports. I am Adam Capison. I'm here with Dorian Cody. AFC East. And BJ Thomas. Who gives a shit about the AFC East? Well, the running backs do. That's who. (laughs) (laughs) No, it actually should be an interesting conference this year. So, Mm -hmm. but before we get to the NFL, we'll we'll stick with college first. Um, So, we've been doing our college preview. Um, We have one conference left. Mr. Thomas, please calm down. We are doing the SEC this week. So before we, we get started in, into the SEC preview, so last year it was Georgia and LSU in the SEC title game. Alabama was second in, in the SEC West. Can you tell me the last time that, that Nick Saban, a Nick Saban-led coach, uh, coach team, finished did not finish first for consecutive years in their division? Had to be like in the, early, like the mid-2000s. Okay. So well, technically, yeah. in 2010, they finished fourth. Oh. And 2011, they finished second in their division, but they still ended up winning the national title because that was the year they played LSU in the national title game. Mm. The last time a Nick Saban led team did not finish first in consecutive years in their division, he actually coached the Miami Dolphins. Before that, the last time it happened was when he coached Michigan State. Mm, oh, that's, that's the '90s, right? He that was late '90s. People late never 90s. talk. People don't talk <laughs> about the Nick Saban Dolphins experiment too much. It's, it's kind of depressing. I think that needs to be spoken about more. Yeah, yeah there, there's yeah. a reason. I mean, there's multiple reasons why, but there's a reason why he does not want to go back to the NFL. He does not need to. No, you can't talk to NFL players the way you can talk to NCAA players. Nope. No, no, no. Ask Urban Meyer. Yeah, well, <laughs> he had other issues than just the way he was treating the players. <laughs> he was he women, holding women like bowling balls, being hey, one of them. He wanted to kick it up a notch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mean throw the th- throw the thumb in there? <laughs> I bet you she stood up and went. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, oh. this is where we are. <laughs> We like to keep continuity throughout the years. That's right. That's right. Um, So last year in the SEC, Georgia obviously won. They they beat the piss out of everyone. Um, Tennessee surprised everyone um, with with their their coach, Josh Heupel, came from UCF. Um, And then the SEC East was basically kind of fell off after after Tennessee. South Carolina came came up strong in the end. Um, But after after Tennessee, it's kind of mediocre in the East. And the West, LSU uh, won because Alabama lost twice during the year. Um, and then it was Mississippi State, Mississippi, um, Arkansas, Arbonne. It's kind of weird. Um, the the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts well, played for the Florida Gators last year. Apparently, after like one quarter, he's been anointed the starter. He didn't do so well at Florida, did he? No. <laughs> he had no talent at the receiver positions, though, either. Okay. And uh, 
they admittedly held him back from doing what he was good at because they were worried about their backup quarterback, which I've never heard anything like that in my life. <laughs> well, it they do have weird. a new quarterback this year, like Graham Martz from Wisconsin. I would just, I would just cut the kid loose. I don't understand that. I just mm. never understood that when they he announced that. The, yeah, we're holding him back because we're worried about our backup quarterback position. What? Yeah, that, we're here to play football. To me, that sounds more about says more about the coach than it does the players. All I heard was derp or derp. That's all no. I heard. Is derp or derp, derp, derp. <laughs> don't save his job. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like when you act like that, you're not saving your job because you've completely lost your players in the locker room. The kid, right. you have. The, the kid was on his way out the door. What are we saving jobs for? He's not going to be here next year. Let him play. Yeah. yeah. And if you have that little confidence in your backups. First of all, you're sh- doing shitty ass, you know, job as recruiting. Second of all, if you say that well, publicly, they're not going to follow you at all. He inherited those guys. If I remember mm-hmm. right, um, when who was it? Muschamp was there before mm-hmm. Napier. Uh, he had a better record than six and seven. No, um, no, no. It was Dan Muller. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. They it goes through so many coaches. No, I've lost track. This is the the Gators are in the cycle of firing people for no good reason because they have one bad year. They expect everybody to be like Nick Saban. That's unrealistic. Right. I, I've talked about this with a an actual an actual alumnist uh, that I moved a few weeks ago. He was like, you know, I don't know about this new coach. I said, the last. I don't know why we fired the last one. We keep firing him in anticipation of finding the next diamond in, in, in the rough and it doesn't happen like that the fact of the matter is pulling an unknown coach out to compete with people that are established the percentages on that have to be small mm. it, it has to be less than 20 percent chance of that happening and yeah, i might be i might be being generous i'm putting 20 percent as the benchmark like even even the saving example i mean he was a known commodity when he started in alabama he coached yeah. at Michigan State for a while, was fairly successful, coached at LSU, I believe won a championship at LSU, mm-hmm. and then came in and turned that program around after sanctions. Well, here's the thing. Florida treats coaches like the stock market, but they don't even go for like known stocks. They're playing with penny stocks. Mm-hmm. Just complete gambles. Like, can I pull this guy, mm-hmm. you know, off a heap in, in – uh, Hopefully he rises to the top. I don't understand it. Dan Mullen was a proven commodity. Yes, he made some mistakes. Yes, he had a down recruiting year. But what what are you firing him for? What's up and coming? It's the same thing with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Everybody wants to get rid of Dak for what? What what are you what are you replacing him with? What what's the plan? And that that's what happened to Florida, and that's what they've been doing since uh, Urban Meyer left. It's like what are you replacing him with? I believe I made that same comment about Harbaugh back when we first started this podcast because I think Dorian asked me if they were going to fire him, and I For said, "What? Who are you going to bring in? Who? Yeah, no. who's gonna who's gonna do at least that? And then it's a lateral move, and your fan base is going to cook you for that. Yeah. So I don't I I don't even know why we started off with the Gators. I think Adam just wanted to get a rise out of me, but <laughs> I don't understand. I no and. I just don't understand their thought process when it comes to coaches. And I haven't since Urban Meyer left when he bailed and it got tough on him and he knew Tebow was gone and, and he was actually going to have to do his fucking job. Like, Well, I mean, let, let's just look at the, the list of coaches since Spurrier left in 2001. Ron Zook, Charlie Strong, Urban Meyer, 
Will Muschamp, DJ Durkin, who didn't kill anybody at Florida, Will Jim McElwain, Randy Shannon, Dan Mullen, Greg Knox, Billy Napier. Urban Meyer is the only one that's even been remotely successful. I mean, hmm. Mullen was 49 and 34. Which isn't great, but it's not terrible. Here's the thing. He's a he's a good coach. That's established. He's an offensive coach. And what is the offensive? The offense was struggling last year. Look what he did with Kyle Trask. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kyle Trask has not been much to talk about since he's reached the NFL. He hasn't done anything to take the job. Baker Mayfield, that should tell you all you need to know right there. Yeah. Um, and he had Kyle Trask looking like a prospect, a, an NFL prospect. He was drafting mm-hmm. with the third round? Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I just We need to move on from the Gators because I'm just going to keep circling. I do not understand their approach to coaching. I just don't. Um, they're losing the shine by doing this. By constantly rolling, getting rid of coaches and hiring, um, hoping. They're just hoping. And hope is not a strategy, as Adam would say. Exactly. And they are very close to becoming the Notre Dame of the SEC. Just relevant in name only, but not on the field. Oh. So, I, you, yeah, tell me I'm wrong. I but, can't. <laughs> um, I want to. Yeah. So let, let's move on to the, the teams that should actually be good this year. Um, I'm just going to focus on six. Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, LSU, Alabama, and Mississippi State. Well, I I can get to the picks real quick. Georgia's winning the East. Let's just let's just put them on over there for me. Okay. I, I can do that. Um, however, the West is not so clear. For the first time in a while, the West is not so clear. There's some real competition out there. I don't. Lane Kiffin is doing a pretty solid job at Old Miss. And um, it, am I wrong? Did they not have quarterback injury last year that kind of stud, stunted their growth? Mm. Or was that the year before? They, well, the year before, the quarterback got hurt in the last game of the in the bowl game, I think. Okay, so maybe I could very yeah, well. Yeah, Matt Corral, I think. Yeah, Matt Corral. Yeah, yeah. So that was that might be two years ago. Okay, um, I just. I think Lane Kiffin's just getting better as a coach. Lane Kiffin is a fantastic offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think he's becoming better as a head coach, though. Yes. He's I, growing. So hopefully that'll continue because – no, no, I just – I like Old Miss for some reason. They produce solid players. If if Lane Kiffin can recruit on defense, that team's going to be scary. Right. Mm-hmm. But – Somebody, there's a, a meme that came out that said Nick Saban left SEC Media Day smiling, and they haven't seen that in years. That worries me if he's happy. Well, I told you, I mean, they haven't finished not first in consecutive years ever since Saban has been there. It worries me when he's happy. He's not happy when they're 13 and 0. Why is he happy now? What happened? Yeah. Who did they buy? <laughs> Whomever they <laughs> um, wanted. Whomever they wanted. Um, so, and just to circle back, yeah, Jackson Dart started every game last year for Mississippi. Okay, all right. Um, 
I'm going to I'm going with Alabama. I just the Nick Nick Saban being happy after a year like last year, eleven and two a year like last year. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going Nick Saban. I don't know why he's smiling. It scares me. It should scare so, everybody. Georgia, okay. Georgia, and Alabama. Okay, so you got Georgia and Alabama in the SEC title game. Who do you got yes. winning? Kirby Smart's got the number right now. Georgia. And that pains me as a Gators fan to say this. It pains <laughs> me. But they're recruiting. Their coaches are that their defense has been lights out for what three years in a row? Pretty much since he's been there. Yeah. So I mean, I gotta stay with George until further notice. I mean I, I just did the basic bitch SEC picks, by the way. <laughs> basic uh, Basic football I, bitch SEC picks. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say this. So I had a fantasy draft for work on Friday, and my starting defense was the Philadelphia Eagles. And I made the joke that it's the Philadelphia Bulldogs because mm-hmm. half their defense is from Georgia. Yeah, There was a reason why. Mm-hmm. So, Dorian, I'll turn to you. Who you got coming out of the East? East is going to be Georgia. Georgia? Georgia. Georgia. Georgia? You got coming out of the West. Say oh. it. Say it. You know. It should scare yeah, you too. If uh, he's smiling, it should scare you. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing uh I was reading up on Bama and they 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 seem from what one commentator said, they seem like they have a chip on the shoulder, like they have something to prove. So I'm picking Alabama to win the West. And um as far as to win the SEC, um, and that is it is hard to go up against Georgia, but Nick Saban Nick Saban is smiling for a reason. So I'm just going to get some green. I'll pick Bama to win the SEC. Oh, but it won't be. It's not. I think. I think the SEC championship is going to be a gritty game. It's going to be one of those like. 17 to 14 type games. I don't think it's going to be like a, a high scoring game. I think it's going to be nasty, ugly. Ironically, I think that's how you beat Georgia. I think you beat them just passing the ball up and down the field. Because if you try to, to ground and pound them, it's just not going to work. You know, the mm. teams that, that gave Georgia fits last year were teams that had good quarterback play, great receivers, great offensive line. One of the I'll best be, ways to beat one of the best ways to beat teams that control the clock is to control the clock. I that I will agree with, but just watching how Georgia plays, you're not going to run on them. You're just you're just not. So you need to be able to throw the ball. That's that's why Ohio State had that lead in the fourth quarter going into that that semifinal game last year, throwing the ball up and down mm-hmm. the field. You can um, run on Georgia, but you have to throw to run the football. You have to do mm-hmm. it in reverse. You cannot right. do it in the typical NFL style where you go out there yeah. on first down and give it to them right off the bat. Yeah, and they'll give it right back to you. Yeah, so you're going to have to you have to open up over the middle of the field. You're going to have to spread the linebackers mm-hmm. out a little bit. You're going to have to get them looking around, and then you might be able to sneak one past the big guys. But yeah. Georgia is one of the few teams in college football that can stop the run with four people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's well. True. They were last year. This year remains to be seen. The Philadelphia Eagles basically swapped out defenses for the Georgia defense <laughs> in the mm-hmm. draft. So there's a lot of good players that left that defense, but Georgia has proven they've been able to restock over the past few seasons. So if they've done yeah. that, if they have done that, then you are not going to be able to just go up, 
pound the ball between the tackles against George's defense. That's yeah. just point blank, period. Specifically, they've been able to restock on defense. That that's Kirby's wheelhouse, is that right. defense. Right. Absolutely. You know, offense, they've they've got some weapons. They still have Brock Bowers there. I don't know who the quarterback is this year. I'm not sure it matters. That mm-hmm. all, Brock Bowers has been running that offense for two seasons now. Yeah. So ESPN mm-hmm. actually had a thing where they had they ranked the top ten players in college football. Bowers was number two behind Caleb Williams. I was about to say he's yeah. got to be top five. That dude, yeah, yeah that dude is. He could be the highest tight end ever drafted. Yeah, I could totally see that. I'm, I'm trying to... He blocks. He runs routes. He's yeah. competitive. He's been able to carry an offense basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I think he runs a four five. A four. He runs a four five. Could he be the best tight end prospect out of college since maybe Jason Witten? Jason Witten was the total package out of college. Jimmy Graham was not. Maybe the best one since Shockey. Yeah. Shockey I know, came yeah. out after Witten, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he I did. Can't, uh, I can't Witten remember. Came out when, like 2000. Shockey came uh, out 2001. No, 2002. Shockey came out. Oh, then Witten might have come out after Shockey. Probably. Because for the Miami tight ends, it was Shockey. Then it was um, the one that's in prison now. Bill Parcells drafted Jason Witten. So that had to be like 2000, what, six? Five, six, seven, somewhere in there. I'm trying to think when T.O. came to the Cowboys. T.O. came in 06, I thought. He came the year after Philadelphia went to the Super Bowl and lost to the um oh no no. Or was it the other way around? So so T.O. T.O. left San Francisco and then went to Dallas. They, from no, Dallas, no, you know? oh, T.O. went from around? San Francisco went to, to Eagles and Cowboys. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So so yeah. So they went to the Super Bowl against the um Patriots in two thousand five. Cause it was there here in Jacksonville, and then they lost, and then that next year he went to the Cowboys. So um, Witten had already been there for a year or two, so I'm saying Witten was drafted in 03. Yeah, oh, that's not about right because he I was there with Quincy Carter, the quarterback. I mean, let's just do this right now. He was drafted in 03, it's a third round pick. Mm-hmm. So, BJ, to, to your question earlier about the highest drafted tight end of all times, mm-hmm. okay? Well, this is since 2000, so um, shocky, isn't it? No. Kyle Pitts. Oh shit! Yeah, Kyle Pitts came out of Oregon, right? No, Kyle Pitts came out of Florida. I mean, Florida. I'm sorry. Watch I'm sorry. your mouth. <laughs> no, my my bad. You know, I was thinking about I was thinking about the 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 tight end Pitta. I was thinking about my bad. Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is is the highest one. Okay, I'm so sure. yeah, here here's the list. So Kyle Pitts was four. Um, Hawkinson was eight. Uh, a couple other ones here. Evan Ingram was 23. O.J. Howard was 19. Eric Stonehands Ingram was 10. Um, Pettigrew was 20. There's another one in here. Oh, Vernon Davis was 6. That's probably one of the highest um, tight end prospects. Kellen Winslow was 6. Kellen Winslow, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah it was Kellen Winslow. So, I mean, if if Bowers comes out, he would have to be top three to be highest t- tight end drafted since 2000. 
I don't. He can be. He should be. I don't see NFL GMs taking that much that much of a risk when they probably think they need a quarterback instead. Quarterback. Yeah, I see you're saying. I say I don't know if it's a risk with this kid. Yeah. Well, no, it's not a risk. It it's not a risk on the field. It's a risk to sell to fans. He's a better. I feel like he's a better tight end than Kyle Pitts. In yeah. the overall scheme of things, he's an overall tight end. He's he's a Jason Witten clone. He runs routes. He has great hands, and he can block in line. He's a classic overall tight end, and that's what you need. Oh, um, Kyle oh. Pitts cannot block on the line. I mean, look, he participates, but yeah. I would not say he's as effective as he, he needs to be in a run first off. Got to give him a trophy. Honestly, I think um I think Bowers is but I, I think he's probably if if you take Jason Witten and, and you take Travis Kelsey and you take Grunk and you about, make well, a hybrid. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Oh, you make a hybrid. <laughs> watch your mouth. Because he's faster than all of well, is he faster than Kelsey? Well, well Jason Witten came out of school. He was like a four, five, four, six guy, believe it or not. You just saw you know? a lot of old Jason Witten. Yeah, I did. That's why. Yeah, I saw a lot of old Jason Witten. So, but I'm saying like People are like they're saying that like he's like Jason Wade ran a four six five at the combine. At what two hundred and fifty five pounds or something like that? Uh, at the combine, he was two sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's grown man shit. That's impressive. Kelsey ran a four six one. Just to give you an idea. So, like, we got to remember, we we saw a lot of old Jason Witten. He was still a prominent feature in the offense at, like, what, 12, 13 years in? Four, mm-hmm. Like, how many years did he play? He was drafted in 03, and he left in – he played 18 years or something, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he – didn't he retire in 2020? Yeah. 2021? 2020. 2020, yeah, He played yeah. 17, 18 years. Yeah. And was so still effect, and was still unstoppable on third down at in eighteen years in. So, so you take Jason Witten over Grunk. Man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> on, on, it, on third and eight, every play. Here, every, every play, dude. Third and eight. He's oh, unstoppable. No, he runs to a linebacker and just turns around on him and basically posts him up, catches the ball. And Jason Witten does that very well. Grunk does that too, but a lot of times he just still throws it up and he just come down with it. Any it would, first, let me, t- let me tell you this. No, go ahead. I'll use one of Adam's phrases. Availability is the best ability. Well, I mean, if you put it that way, <laughs> Jay, Jay, you say what you want. Mr. Witten was on the field. BJ is now quoted me twice in this podcast. Twice. Yeah, he was. Twice. Because I know you won't argue against it. He was. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you can't beat that. No. Nope. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's the case. Yeah. He was on the field consistently. And um, Gronk was a great blocker. Uh, Damn, I, I am definitely biased. So I mean, I'm not going to act like I don't have skin in the game here. I absolutely do, but it's very, very tough. I might take Witten over Gronk. Now, here here's my question: If you swamped teams, who makes the other team better? 
put Gronk on Dallas and Witten on New England. I think what that year that the year that Gronkowski didn't finish the season, Witten would have got them that Super Bowl. Yeah. So Brady would have one more Super Bowl because Jason Witten's able to stay on the field. I agree. Yeah. That being said, I don't think Witten cost them a Super Bowl at any point in his career. Right. I don't think swapping them out, Witten loses them a Super Bowl. So that being said, I think just because of availability, Witten gives Brady one more Super Bowl. I'm taking Jason Witten. You know, you're saying things. So uh, getting back to our preview, um, I, I, I personally think Georgia's coming out of the East. I don't see Tennessee getting them and I don't see anyone else um coming out of the west no Vanderbilt no no <laughs> they're not winning no, 10 it's not the big 10 bud they're not winning <laughs> 10 games in the SEC the big 10 the pack 4 I don't care where they're playing they're not winning 10 games <laughs> the pack 4 <laughs> they can't win 10 games in the pack 4 they only got four conference games <laughs> the pack 4 do oh. have you seen the pack 4 website <laughs> no, I guess. Yeah, Adam sent a link to it uh, last week, I believe. <laughs> pretty, pretty interesting. Did it? Oh, it's great. Um, pretty interesting. What bothers me about Alabama is not the talent on the field. It's for those who can actually see, which is probably nobody. It's this cell right here. The number of penalties per game, bro. That's that, not happening back to back years. Okay, that's that will not. <laughs> Nick Saban will slap these players' mothers if that happens again this year. Yeah. He'll be going around like, why did you raise this piece of shit? Yeah. yeah. Saban has a lot of Bill Belichick in them. They, they, yeah, that, gonna, that will not Well, they coach together. Right. right. So they you will, should know that this year penalties is not going to be that bad. They will lose 10 games before they come within 10 yards of that. <laughs> so you're saying they won't average eight, eight penalties a game this year? They will not average 68 yards a game in penalties. Hell no. Okay. That's a whole that's a whole drive they lost. Per game. Per game. Hell no. He will be he will choke grandmothers about that shit. <laughs> he would. He oh, ain't going. Yeah, that's why he's smiling, because he already told him. He's like, look, you ever heard of sharecropping? <laughs> <laughs> this is where we are nowadays, ladies and gentlemen. And it fits because they're in Alabama, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I Part of their history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we are talking about a team from Minnesota here. Yeah. Oh, I can see him now. I, 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 he just points over at a field. <laughs> yeah. That is. yeah. Yeah. You're going to pick $500 worth of cotton, <laughs> but I'm only going to pay you $200 for it. And then I'm going to charge you $700 at the store. So you're actually $500 in debt. Back to the field. Exactly. And I don't want to hear that NIL shit either. No, no NIL. (laughs) NIL stands for not in this league. (laughs) He's been sitting on that one for a while. Oh, that was just off the cuff, to be honest with you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There he is. So. <laughs> the rehearsed stuff never comes out that smooth. I just want you to know that. Let's just, I'm going to put that out there. If, if it if it comes out lumpy, it's because I thought about it. If it comes out smooth, it's because it just happened. And that's also why I'm in trouble half the time, too. 
So, I, so again, back to BJ's point earlier, we basically have the most basic SEC picks of all time. It's Georgia, Georgia versus Alabama. BJ's the only one that's got Alabama winning. Just it's like, like it's like the Uggs and Chevy Tahoe and Starbucks of, of the SEC picks. <laughs> Hate, hater blockers dragging three kids behind her. Like that's that's the picks we made. <laughs> right, riding her Peloton bike for 10 minutes a day thinking she's actually doing something. Those are the picks we made today. Hey, we have a friend like that in, in Gainesville. <laughs> wow, I wasn't going there, but she will slap, she will slap the shit out of any one of the three of us. If you think she won't. I ain't saying nothing, so <laughs> you laughed. She'll take, I'm telling you, act like I don't know her. Um, act like you don't know her, <laughs> know her enough to know you could get slapped. So, we have we have one more pick to make. Um, we've we've picked all the conferences. Um, so we have we have one more kind of slot that's that's going to be for our, our bowl picks next week, and that's going to be who comes out of the group of five. I know this is right in BG's wheelhouse because he loves the group of five teams. Only for chaos. <laughs> Only because I love the chaos. So I mean, some some of the choices this year. Because don't forget, like UCF, BYU, uh, Cincinnati have all gone to power power uh, conferences. So you've got teams like Tulane who made it last year. Um, teams like you know Liberty, who in the Louisiana Tech, Notre Dame does does count as a well. Actually, I don't think they count as a power five. Um, Miami of Ohio, Boise State. Stop me if you, you guys. Do you think that when like Notre Dame has a meeting that they're all required to put their hands on the table so everybody can see them? <laughs> I'm just saying, there's no telling what they're doing with their hands. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Don't have to answer that question. Fine. Uh, <laughs> I like App State. I like App State. By the way, if you have not Googled their campus, you should Google it. It'll make you want to move to their campus. It's gorgeous. It's like slammed in the middle of some mountains and there's trees everywhere and they turn colors unlike they do down here in the south where everything just burns to death. Yeah. <laughs> the, the state is literally melting. Oh, my God. So I like the App State pick. That's actually, it was going to be my pick. Yeah, I, I hope it's App State. They they have competitive teams. And um, they like to they like to give you a shocker every couple of years. So I'm going with App State. And Dorian, I don't know anyone else on here, <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with App State too. Damn. Yeah. And we'll we'll do a bowl preview next week. Um, and I just wanted to to know who we had for the group of five. So it's it'll probably be wrong because it always is, but. Um, before we break for the NFL, Dorian, I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. You specifically, you played high school sports, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you you played JV and varsity, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say your coach's name, but did he ever call you anything feminine? Did he call you ladies? Did he call you Wanda? Any type of female names? Anything that was not your actual name? Oh, you're no. talking about you're talking about the big boy. <laughs> You're talking, about, you're talking about the big boy the math teacher is married to. That's who you're talking about. Now, and also, your, I believe your cousin played football. So, did it ever happen mm-hmm. to him? I doubt it. <laughs> I really doubt it. Ah, maybe doubt not. It. Maybe not the 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 last coach, but the coach before. 
The one um when the, when the class of 99 was like sophomores, that coach. Oh. Are you talking about um Hoffman? Hoffman. He had a reputation for yeah, yeah, being yeah, questionable yeah. with his mouth. Yeah. yeah. Um low too. Buddy Low. Don't don't know don't know much about him. He was oh. he was gone before I I got there. Yeah. So um, um where where I'm going with this. Do you know that it's actually illegal for a high school football coach or a basketball coach or any other coach for that matter to call a male a woman's name or call, even calling them ladies in the state of Florida? They can lose their teaching license, be fined up to ten thousand dollars. I don't know that. Yeah, so just call. So just call the, call the governor a Sally and see how that, that works. As long as it's not your student, you should be able to get away with it, right? Well, technically, if the if the parents do not have an approved nickname and the teacher calls that student by someone that's not approved, because our liberal snowflake governor can't can't handle people be calling micro microaggressions and being called the wrong name, they can actually lose their teacher license. Right. That's why I'm saying you call the governor Sally because he's an adult. Nobody gives a shit what his parents think. Oh, you mean putting fingers? Whatever you want. <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> The, the, the guy the guy who just fell behind Chris Christie. Imagine being the guy who fell behind Chris Christie in any race. In any race. Even if it's like a imaginary like a foot race. Yeah, like yeah. The only the only thing you are beating Chris Christie to is the donut cart. <laughs> um what if the coach calls his some players a pussy? That, that is technically against Florida law. Oh well in that case. Oh well, well that coach didn't call me yet, but it was another coach. He was a football coach who acted as a basketball coach, and he said, "God knows what to us." But oh. he motivated us. Oh, R three's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Yep. And in, in the state of Florida, if you if you call somebody against their if you call somebody something against their gender at birth. Then that teacher can be fined up to ten thousand dollars and lose their teacher license. What if you called a motherfucker? Ah, ah that's that's, 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 that's hetero that's heterosexual okay. language. <laughs> that's okay. A lot of those. That's okay because hopefully he is fucking mothers. <laughs> so I want to. One of the worst I ever heard was in seventh grade when I played football. One of the two times in my life I put, put pads on and actually played football. And a coach was coaching his kid. And he was kind of hitting the whole week. He was a running back and he's hitting the whole week. And I'm going to say the kid's first name because then you're going to know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Brandon, if you don't pick those motherfucking <laughs> knees up. <laughs> <laughs> And I turned around and he walked past me and he walked past me. I smelled vodka. I was like, whoo. <laughs> the nineties were a different place, folks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, on that were. note, we're gonna take a quick break. <laughs> One more Sandlot Sports, just follow us on Facebook at Sandlot Sports or on Twitter at Sandlot Sports21.